0: Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Millennium Pod, a Star Wars podcast by me, Ari, at Ari.in.space on TikTok and at MillenniumPod underscore on Twitter and Instagram. I cannot believe it's episode 20 already. Um, Wow. Uh, If you're listening, thank you, because it's people listening that have allowed me to keep doing this. I mean... I could keep doing it if no one was listening, but that wouldn't be very much fun. So thank you. I really appreciate it so, so very much. Um, this week is the third episode of my biweekly Rebels rewatch and breakdown series, Um this has been really fun so far. I'm really enjoying actually watching Rebels, paying attention, trying to pick out, you know, deeper meanings and themes in it. It's, it's, it's really giving me this, this great appreciation um, uh, for this show, which I think and I feel like is often overlooked um, and, and not praised for how good it actually is. This week, the episodes that I uh Both rewatched and several of them that I watched for the first time were season one episode uh, 11, 12, 13, 14 and 15. Um, so I had seen episodes 13 to 15 before um but of course didn't really, I was watching it really fast the first time, so I didn't really understand a lot of the implications of what was going on in those episodes, um, but I hadn't seen episodes 11 and 12, and I mean, uh, 11's kind of its own thing, um, but really 12 through 15 are all kind of the same, following the same arc, the same vibes, especially 13, 14, and 15, but I, I feel like 12 sets up a lot of of what's happening in in those later three episodes. Um I don't have like a whole lot of insight or things to say about episode 11, which is the episode in which uh – Zeb slash Kanan kind of collectively bet Chopper in a game of Sabacc against uh, none other than the Lando Calrissian, which as a side note, I was very excited to see him. I don't know how, you know, being on Star Wars internet for so long, I I didn't know that Lando was showing up (laughs) in Rebels in that episode, but I didn't. And that was pretty fun. Uh, That was pretty fun. (laughs) But But yes, that's the episode where they they bet Chopper and then Lando's like, okay, well, if you help me secure this cargo across Empire lines, um, then I'll give you, I'll pay you and I'll give you back your droid. Is basically, basically what happens. And it's a good episode. It's a fun episode. Um, in it, Lando basically gives Hera away as a slave, but classic Lando, he's like, oh, I wasn't really giving you away. You knew you could escape. Um. And it's just it's just all around. It's just a fun time. I really enjoyed it. But, yes, nothing too terribly insightful to say about that particular episode, aside from, you know, I like how we're seeing and it's being solidified that Chopper really is a member of the crew. And, you know, you can't just go off betting members of the crew. That's not cool. Um but yeah, then we move on to the next four episodes, which, are a lot and they're, and they're really good. Um, starting with episode 12, where they're trying to meet this senator, Senator Travis, who is, you know, been speaking out against the empire this whole time. And they f- discover his coded message of where rebels are supposed to meet him. And then they realize the empire also knows. So they go to try to go save him. Turns out he's actually working for the empire, which I totally saw coming. Um, I'm sure most people did. The, the clues were. Pretty obviously, there. Um, that wasn't a huge shock, but it was a good. It was a good twist. Um, and I guess I shouldn't say I actually saw it coming right from the beginning because I didn't. But once we actually met this character, the senator in in, and he was talking to them, I definitely knew. However, though, in this episode, it was kind of sad because. In realizing that this person that they thought was on their side actually was working for the empire, it kind of just further emphasizes how alone, uh, the ghost crew is, which makes what they're doing actually just like that much more amazing because they're doing it by themselves. You know, they don't have this big support system and, and in realizing, you know, how alone they truly are, I feel like that's what kind of spurs them on to in the next episode, try and, and successfully, um, send out a calm, to anyone who might be listening, you know, that they're here, they're there and, and, and they're fighting against the empire and they're, they're standing up for what's right. And, and in episode 13, you know, right at the end when they've, they've managed to start to send out this calm Ezra's speech he gives is really, really good. And it's really touching to see, um, how everyone on Lothal and the market is, is reacting to it because, you know, you know, other people are hearing this too. And, um, Obviously, they lost Kanan in this, in this, um, while they were trying to take over the Empire's comm tower. Um, but it's like they have that hope to go on, even though they're, one of their crew is missing because of the chance that someone will hear what they have to say is so important and, and, and so motivating that they, they just go on. And I think that's really nice. (laughs) Then, of course, we have, you know, episodes 14 and 15, the rescue of Kanan. Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot of weight here because obviously they want to get Canaan back, but at the same time, it's like, well, do we risk everything for just one person? Ultimately they do. Um, and I think one thing that Ezra does that I think is really nice is he just goes and he's like, no, we're going to go find a way to save Canaan. And Hera's upset because she had said, uh, no, we can't. Like, we can't risk everything. But Ezra says, Hera, I, I know you want to, but you don't think that you can give that order. So I just took it upon myself to do this, and now we're doing it. Um, which I think is really nice. And again, just further shows their, their dynamic they have as a little family unit. As a side note speaking of family, one part of this these few episodes that really hurt me um was before they before they went to the imperial comm tower to to send out their message um and before Canaan got captured in in doing so, Ezra says something like, "I don't know if we should do this. I'm kind of scared because." My parents used to speak out against the Empire, like what we're going to do and look where that got them. They're gone and I just can't lose anyone else, which is, is painful, but it's it's so nice because it shows just how much of a family unit that they've become even in their relatively short time together, which is, is so nice. And then again, of course, this idea of family is, is why, you know, it's so important that they, they need to get Kanan back. The one thing I was quite interesting is uh, when they find out that Kanan is going to be transferred to the Mustafar system and Hera says the only thing she knows about the Mustafar system is something that Kanan told her and Kanan told her that Jedi go there to die. And I think obviously as the audience, we understand the implications of those words because that is where Anakin, uh, yes, he was technically Darth Vader before, before the, Duel on Mustafar, but that was like really the moment that solidified it. And so those words just have like extra, extra depth. Um and and a weight that I don't think, well, they can't, how could they, that the characters on screen can't possibly understand. And and it's probably what those words actually mean to us as the audience is definitely different than what the characters on the screen assume those words mean, um, which just adds a layer, you know, as an audience member who knows what's happened in the rest of Star Wars canon. I also really like these these two episodes cuz we really get to see into a lot of Sabine's creativity um both with of course the tie fighter that they stashed that she painted which is just quite hilarious. Um but also with the way that she takes out a bunch of stormtroopers um with like intricate setups and ways of blowing them up it's just it's quite it's quite cool. Then of course we get to the fight, you know, um once Ezra has freed Kanan from his cell and they're fighting against the inquisitor who is terrifying um um and and then you know Ezra falls and Kanan assumes the worst and the inquisitor says something like oh you're you're going to fight harder now because there's no one left to die for you um which is kind of a that's a low blow <laughs> um um but and and Kanan re- replies no i'm gonna fight because i have nothing left to fear and again throughout this whole season one this is obviously the finale um we have been seeing so much of Kanan and Ezra's relationship and how it's evolving and how little clues that we're kind of starting to, to see, um, see just how much they mean to each other. Um, and especially like these episodes, we see a lot, you know, with Ezra being like, nope, we're going back for him, whether you guys like it or not. And then here when Kanan says, I have nothing left to fear because in his mind, Ezra is already gone. So what is there left to lose? What is there left to fear? Oh, that hurt. But um, it's so true, and that and that just in that shows just how deeply Kanan does care for Ezra, which I think is really nice, um, especially since he always likes to pretend that he doesn't. Then, of course, uh, the Inquisitor dies in this episode, and as somebody who really doesn't like him, I was not sad. However, um, as you know the I think it's the hyperdrive is is exploding, reacting, whatever. And as he's hanging onto the ledge above it before he lets go to, you know, fall to his fiery death. He says something along the lines of like, there are things much worse than death. And there's this crazy music and that's just so ominous. Um, He really knows how to go out with a dramatic flair. I'll give him that. And... I feel like those words are going to come back at some point from my brief first watch. I can't remember anything, can't think of anything. So I'm going to be looking for some way, some kind of closure for those words, because I feel like they meant something, you know? Um, Some of you listening who have seen all of Rebels actually watched it probably know, know what this is, but I'm excited to find out, hopefully, Something. Otherwise, I'll make something up at the, at the end of all four seasons if I didn't get closure for those, those very dramatic words um, as he was right before he decided to fall to his death. And then, of course, as they're trying to escape in their ties, um, we have Chopper showing up with some other rebel cells. And it's such a great moment. Um, especially because, you know, these last two episodes have really been emphasizing how alone the ghost crew is. But they're not alone anymore. Um, I really like that moment seeing all the ships, the various rebel ships come in from hyperspace. It's really, really great. Um, and we get to know who Fulcrum is. Who, I mean, I had seen these episodes so I did know that Ahsoka was showing up. But I still got very, very, very excited. Because who doesn't love Ahsoka? Ahsoka. She's so incredible. Um I'm very excited to watch season 2 again. Um all the episodes, not just the few that I've already seen and to just really have a good time watching, watching Ahsoka and her character, especially because the first time I watched Rebels sort of um I hadn't seen all of Clone Wars yet, I hadn't seen Clone Wars season 7, which I feel like is a big part plays a big part in a lot of Ahsoka's uh character development like for later on and so I'm excited to watch it now having seen that because I feel like I'm going to get a lot more out of it especially because I've also now read the Ahsoka novel um and which adds a ton to her character as well if you haven't read the Ahsoka novel by E.K. Johnston you gotta it's really good it's a really quick and easy read um there are f- some like flashbacks from Order 66 are like sort of were sort of retconned by Clone Wars season seven, but it's nothing like so major that you even really necessarily notice. So yeah, I would I would definitely recommend um, reading that as a, as a side note. But yes, I'm very excited to see what's happening. And and once again, I just think the implication of you know them deciding that the rebel cells are going to work together now is so good. It's going to help morale so much. There's so much more hope because being alone sucks. And like, yeah, the ghost crew has each other, but that was it. And so um now being able to communicate with other rebel cells, they're definitely going to be stronger. I mean, Admiral or Governor or whatever his title is in this, I don't remember, Tarkin, who I hate, side note. Uh, I'm so, ugh, I hate that guy. Um, But he even says... At the beginning of, I think it's episode fourteen, maybe it's fifteen. I don't remember. He, or maybe it's even thirteen. I don't know. But he even says there's more than one rebel cell, and until they work together, they're not going to be a threat. But when they do work together, they could be a threat. So uh, we're definitely going to start to see some some good shenanigans, you know, for the rebel cells working together, which is pretty exciting and pretty good. Um, the last two things I wanted to say were, of course, love scene Bale. Um, I've said it before, I'll say it again. He's like one of my favorite characters that I don't want his own book, TV show, movie, whatever about. Like, he's like one of my favorite side characters. I don't care enough about him for him to be the main character ever, but every time he shows up, I'm very happy, very excited. Um, and the last thing I wanted to mention is, vader showing up right at the end that's pretty intense um i wish i would have been watching this as it came out because as a season finale to see both first ahsoka show up and then immediately see vader show up like that's a lot um and i mean obviously like i don't have to wait which is nice But I also kind of think it would have been fun to have seen that coming out and being like, whoa, what's going to happen? And then having to wait and theorize and all this stuff. Um, I still can theorize to an extent. I do know what happens at the end of season two of Rebels, but a lot of the stuff in between the end of season one and the end of season two, I don't really remember slash didn't watch. So I do have that. But um, yeah, it was it was crazy. But anyway, um, that's all I had to say for this episode. Not a lot of insight, mostly just my reactions, but hey, you know, this is, it's like a reaction video, but it's a reaction podcast. Um, so I hope you enjoyed listening if you're still here. Um, and yeah, that's all I have to say. So, um, hope you're having a great day, night, morning, evening, whatever it is, wherever you are listening. And as always, may the force be with you.